My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. Church, Brother Jackson, preaching up in the house. All right, praise the Lord. Brother Jackson, God bless you. Come and minister the Word of God to us. It's a joy to have you. Oh, can you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Praise God. The presence of the Lord is in this place. God is doing something special. And uh, I tell you what, I came in here and I didn't know what was going on. Amen. I saw this, uh, I thought I was in a total different church with this background. I'm like, well, what, am I at the right place? Amen. And uh, wow, what an incredible, it, I know you guys are doing some renovations. Uh, brother showed me some pictures of what's happening back here, but what a great temporary uh, renovation that you guys have done here. I don't have a creative bone in my body. Uh, when me and my wife got married, she was uh, surprised to come back to the apartment and see that there was not a single picture, not a single anything on the walls in the apartment. The walls were just white. I thought that was just how it was supposed to be, you know. And there was blank, not a picture, not a not a drawing, not a not a mark, just white walls. And she's like, uh-uh. So she partnered with Hobby Lobby and Pinterest. Come on, somebody. And she, she did some stuff. I'm the type of guy that, you know, I got friends that can go and look at houses on, on the block, just worn down houses, just messed up. And they could look at it and be like, oh, yeah, we can do that with this. And it's, it's hopeless, praise God. See, my mind just can't even venture there, amen? And I'm just amazed at the hard work that has already gone into putting these renovations together. And uh, I, give, I commend every one of you uh, that have been involved in that. And uh, I know that's a lot of hard work, and I give honor to you for that, amen? Um, Shout out to the media team. Give honor to the media team, who I've been calling the heroes of the hour. So thankful for all their hard work that they've been putting uh, throughout this uh, pandemic. And uh, so thankful for uh, Pastor Kinsey and his wife and their family and their leadership, uh, their example to me and my wife, their commitment to truth, faithfulness, and loving people. And I'm so thankful for them being such a great pillar in this wonderful movement. Aren't you thankful for the leadership that God has placed in your life? And, uh, and brother and sister Strobel, uh, their commitment and love and faithfulness, uh, such an example to my wife and I. And God is doing some special things in Pensacola uh, through this family, through this leadership, all the leadership team. And it's impacting 
not just here, but well beyond. And uh, so thankful for that. Good to see Brother Herring here. Uh, he and his wife love and appreciate them. Uh, amazing man of God. Blessing the kingdom everywhere that he goes. And uh, he made an incredible impact on my home church uh, whenever he came several years ago. And uh, came when he was on a super extended fast. And uh, he might not even remember preaching there. He was fasting so long. Amen. Uh, but he revolutionized our church. Give honor to my beautiful wife, Louisa, and my son, James Asher. So thankful for them. Excited to get into this. Amen. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the gospel of Matthew chapter 16, uh, 16 verse 13. I know my introduction may be a little long, but my sermon is not going to be long. Amen. Uh, Phil, God has put something on me, and uh, I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. And uh, thankful for all the hunger and sincerity here. So thankful for the musicians and singers, and God is doing something special here. Uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. If you have it, say amen. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Um, I want to preach on that subject this morning, drawing from verse 18, when he said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And I want to preach on this subject, the rock of my salvation. Um, the rock of my salvation. And let's just see what the Lord does here today. Why don't you lay your Bibles down and everyone close your eyes, lift up your hands. Let's ask God to speak in this house. Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you. I'm nothing without you. We submit ourselves to your presence. We thankful, we're thankful for every elder every young person, every young adult, every, every single, every married, every person here that has come to taste the dew of heaven. God, let it blanket over this sanctuary. Let the gift of faith be ignited here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Praise God. Amen. 
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout see. Come on, somebody. Don't make me pull my Spanish up in here. Amen. <laughs> the rock of my salvation. There is a unique flower that grows in the mountains of China that people began to believe had grown to be scarce, almost extinct because of the demand of this flower that's needed uh, for medicine. Uh, they call it the fritillaria flower that is used for medicine, and it's a bright green flower that grows out of the rocks of those mountains in China. And this bright green flower, it was in such demand, it takes a lot just to make a few grams of medicine from this flower. And so companies uh, would go into harvest sites and take this flower out. And the fifth year that this flower uh, would bloom, it would be bright green, almost luminescent in a fashion. And it would grow apart from the rock. It would grow out of this rock, out of, the, out of that mountain. And it was in such demand. I asked them to put a picture uh, up there if they can. Can you put a picture of that bright green flower? You see how this uh, fritillaria flower, it grows out of the rocks of the mountain. And uh, scientists would go and pull and harvest these flowers to bring medicine uh, that was needed. It was, it's a great flower that's used for uh, cough treatment. But they began to notice that they couldn't find this flower anymore. And they were uh, going and scouring the mountains trying to look for that bright green flower. But what they realized is that the flower looked different. The flower began to camouflage itself with the rock because of the threat of humans taking it. It began to align itself and conform itself to the rock to survive adversity. And what they realize is we can't find it, but all of a sudden they realize it changed. Could you put that second picture up there? It's the same flower, but now it has taken on the nature of the rock. To survive the affliction from others. God in heaven. It realized it could not survive in its own uniqueness and individuality. It understood if I'm going to survive the tough times, i got to conform to the nature of the rock. And if you're going to make it in 2020, it's not going to be because of your charisma. It's not going to be because of your background. It's going to be because we've got the nature of the rock that has been sustaining us. Yes. <laughs> 
I said it may not look as pretty, but it still survives. It may not look the best, but it still survives. Oh, Lord. Amen. Amen. That that beautiful flower, it wasn't accomplishing what it wanted to accomplish in its own uniqueness and beauty and individuality. And so that flower had to give up its individuality and conform itself to the nature of the rock to survive. And they realized that there were places that these, that these uh, plants, these flowers were t- to get to and the places where humans are not the flower was still growing green but everywhere where there was humans the flower took on the nature of the rock and they realized that the flower developed survival instincts and evolved because of the threat of humans they realized that herbivores don't even eat those flowers the greatest threat against the flower is the hands of a human So everywhere that humans live, the flower, in order to survive, took on the nature of the rock and camouflaged itself. Can I tell you, if there was ever a time to get in the name of Jesus, if there was ever a time to take on the name of Jesus, if there was ever a time to... Can I tell you what's one of the things that has been happening in 2020? The Lord showed me. He said, Victor, everyone that is standing up in pride, he said, I am taking a sickle and I am coming across the globe. I am coming across the church and I am cutting everything that is sitting up. But he said, everything that lays down and cleaves itself to the rock, that sickle will come over their head and it will not touch them. Those that lay themselves down in humility are going to make it. Can I tell you if we're ever going to make it it's when we get the nature of Jesus Christ upon us. Oh. The only way we're going to survive is if we get the nature of Jesus upon us. Is if we take on his nature. Get out. Yield up our individuality. Because we can't survive the threat of human hands. We can't survive the threat of demonic hands if we try to stand alone in our own independency. The way that we're going to get through this mess is when you and I become intentional about becoming more like Jesus Christ. I want the grace that he had. I want the long suffering that he has. I want the love that he has. I want the mercy that he has. I want the nature that he has. I want him to be formed in me. And it's those when the devil sees that he cannot mess up, mess with you because of the God that is in you. He just keeps on walking. Find somebody else to play with but as for me and my house we're serving the Lord as for me and my house we're taking on his name I don't know if pretty praise is going to get you through this one Oh, 
Oh, some of y'all got that bright green praise. I don't know if you go. The devil's not afraid of that. We need some people to get some ugly praise in their life. They just don't care what they look like. I'm trying to survive some stuff. I'm trying to get through some stuff. And I don't have time to look good for everyone. Come on. I gotta get in the presence of Jesus Christ. I wish somebody would clap their hands and thank God for the rock. I wish somebody would lift up their voice and thank God for the rock. I wish somebody would praise God. Uh, why it is important to take on his nature because he said upon this rock I will build my church upon this revelation upon this name upon the revelation of my identity and those that cleave to the rock are the ones that are indestructible those that have a hold of God no matter what they're going through those are the ones that the devil cannot destroy those that hold fast to the revelation and the name of Jesus are the ones that are going to come out of the storm better than they went in. It was the rock that sustained Israel for Paul preaching to the church in Corinthians chapter 10. He told the Corinthian church in Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 4, look what he said in verse 3, in verse 4. It says, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ can I tell you what's going to sustain you in a wilderness can I tell you what's going to sustain you in a dry season can I tell you what's going to sustain you when everything's coming against you it's when you get a hold of the rock and the rock is going to nourish you he is the rock of your salvation and he is wants to he, he wants you to conform to him and conform to his nature and conform to the rock that's the only way we get through this are, are you getting it you can't think your way out of this one uh, the only way we're going to make it and come out better than we went in is when we take on his nature and you're not going to look the same when you take on his nature. You're going to walk different. You're going to talk different. Come on, somebody. You're going to look a little different. They're going to wonder what's going on with you. Uh, where were you in 2020 when there was a pandemic? Well, I was in church. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, I've got peace in my spirit. What are you talking about? I've got joy in my spirit. How do you have that with everything going on? It's because I have clung to a rock. And the rock can sustain anybody and everybody <laughs> amen I told somebody I told them they said I said man should the Lord tarry in a few decades kids are going to be looking through these old calendars and they're going to see 
the year 2019, smudge 2021. <laughs> and they're going to be like, Father, what, 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 what happened here? Like, this, is, this is the name that, this is the year that shall not be named. To come up with all type of linguistic phrases out of 2020. How you feeling today? Huh? I'm feeling 2020. <laughs> How'd that relationship go? <laughs> it 2020. <laughs> come on, somebody. The world doesn't understand what's happening this morning. You got a smile on your face with everything going on. What is it behind that smile? There's a rock behind that smile. It refuses to let you fall. It refuses to let you throw in the towel. It refuses to allow you to give up. It tells you you're going to come out better than you went in. You're going to come out with more power. You're going to... Amen. There's, there's been a whole lot of spiritual renovation in 2020, long before this physical renovation. Some people have been getting changed and conforming to the rock. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. Verse 28, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We, we like to quote this scripture wrong because we like to say, and we know that all things work together for our good. You notice how we slipped that in there? All things work together for our good. God's like, that ain't what I said. All things work together for good. Now, here's my question. Whose definition of good is this? Because you and I have different definitions of good based on our background, our history, things that we've been through. If I, if I was a homeless person my whole life and someone came to bless me with a small shed about this size, I'm going to snuggle into that shed. Man, God's good. But if I've been living in a mansion my whole life, and I lost everything, and you come and bless me with that same shed, I'm going to look at that shed and be like, this is a curse. See, you and I have different definitions of what the word good means based on our circumstances, our backgrounds, our history. But this is not our definition of good. This is God's definition of good. 
And the Greek word for good here is agathos. Agathos, which literally means intrinsically good, which means it's what happens on the inside that makes the trial good. So the success of a trial is not the outcome, but it's what you become in the trial that makes it successful. Because even if I lose everything, God used it to make me more like him. Come on, somebody. And devil, you can touch my stuff, but God is using it to make me more. Come on. You are becoming something. That's why I can smile in 2020. It's not that I've gained. It's that I've become more like him. That's why I got a smile on my face. Because now, during worship, my heart is more tender. Now, I gave up the unforgiveness. Come on. I gave up the baggage. I gave up. Come on, somebody. I gave up the kill. And I began to let the rock change me from the inside out. Amen. 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 It's what happens on the inside that makes it all good. So even if my my circumstances don't change, even if my circumstances don't turn around, I can rejoice that he's turning me around. Even if my circumstances don't change, my circumstances are changing me. Come on, somebody. I don't get as angry as quickly as I used to get. Now I've got peace in my spirit. Now I've got a sound mind. Come on, somebody. He's taking the anxiety off my shoulders. He's lifting me out of the depression. He's... Uh, come on. Before my affliction, I was looking at everything that's wrong with everybody. But after my affliction, now I'm looking for the good in everybody. Come on. It's amazing how affliction can change your perception. It's amazing how pain can change your lenses. Come on, somebody. He's turning me around. He's using it. He's using it to change me. Agathos. Interestingly good, meaning the good and the bad, all things work together for good. All things that happen in my life, no matter how good and bad, I can be thankful for. Because it is making me more like the rock. That's what the next verse says. For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Oh God, he said this is happening that you might be conformed into the image of his son. Everything that happens in your world is that you might be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That you, you don't become that all the time voluntarily sometimes you become that involuntarily involuntarily we become more like him because I wouldn't have signed up for this type of pain come on but that's why the psalmist said Lord in your faithfulness you have afflicted me amen Amen. He will use these things. It was the affliction from people that 
provoke the flower to become like the rock. Oh, are you getting it? And it's your affliction from people. That gets you to get on your knees in the morning. Lord, you're going to have to keep my tongue today. Oh, boy. Lord, I know I'm saved, but God, you know I got a nature in me. Come on, somebody. Start holding on to that table. God, if you don't keep, come on, somebody. Who am I preaching to in here? Amen, amen. Somebody say something in your default. You're about to hold on one second. Hold on one second. And then you remember you got the Holy Ghost and say, so I'm gonna pray on that one. I'm gonna pray on that. You know you're going through when you're in the worship service and you and you got clenched fists. Come on, somebody. God, I want to hurt somebody so bad. The rock's going to have to change me today. Come on, somebody. Hey, Amen. We got some real folk up in here, huh? <laughs> Help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, and, and it's those things that force us to become more like him, to pressure us into his presence. And this is what saves you. This, this saves you. You becoming like him. It, it keeps you. Keeps you in the midnight hour. Keeps you when you're going through it. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. If I can just stay close to the rock, if I can just abide in the rock of my salvation, hell cannot touch me. Are you getting it? Hell can't destroy me if I just stay in him. And if I just strive to become like him. There's nothing he can do to me. He could try to provoke me to get bitter. He could try to provoke me to have unforgiveness. He can try to provoke me to hate people. You know you're really going through it when you start trying to find scriptures to hate people. You start looking, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go to the Old Testament. Hold on. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Boy, it's real up in here, huh? You know you're going through when you're Bible reading. You're just like, you're like, I ain't even reading the New Testament this year. I know I know. I, I wrote the, go read through the Bible every year, but I'm skipping the New Testament. I like the Old Testament. I like when God was just killing folk. <laughs> about them plagues, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Quoting Psalms, kill my enemies, Lord. <laughs> you got daily reminders on, on you version with, with deadly scriptures. <laughs> Amen. Suffer not a witch to live. Amen. 
You calling that out over your cousin? <laughs> oh, it's real. But God is using those things to provoke godly character within you. Because I know that scripture is not popular in 2020 to love your enemies. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's Bible. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And you know the temptation is when people start using you, you start mocking them off your prayer list. Like, oh, just. <laughs> but God says, I'm just using these things to provoke you to become like the rock. Because upon this rock, that's what I'm building the church. And that rock is the revelation of his nature. And that rock is the revelation of his oneness. And that rock is the revelation of his character. And that rock is the revelation of his name. Amen. That name is indestructible no matter how hated it is in the world. Revelation 3 and 8. Revelation 3, 7 and 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, Behold, I have set before thee an open door that no man can shut, for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. You hold on to the name, it is enough to survive any adversity. You just cleaving to his name is enough to make it through any storm, through any year, through any adversity, you just keep holding on to his name. You get a death grip on his name and you will not be destroyed. You will not be defeated. You will not, come on somebody, you will not be rooted out. You will not be plucked out of his hand. If you just hold on to the name. Because in his name, that's where, that's where doors are. As long as I have his name, there's always a door. Jesus said, I am the door. So as long as you have me, you have access to anything you need. Are you getting it? So you don't have to feel worried when people or the world starts shutting doors on you. You just hold on to Jesus. And he'll open up a door where they don't think a door can open. Come on. He'll give you a promotion in a pandemic. Come on, y'all not hearing me out here. He will elevate you in the middle of a pandemic. Because as long as you have him, he can do what no. Amen. Amen. It's the... 
is the indestructibility of his name. It just can't be beaten. He's never lost the battle. It just victory belongs to Jesus. Come on, don't make me start singing up here. <laughs> Wave a hand if I'm helping you in here. Wave a hand if I'm helping you. Uh, I, let me tell you something. Oh, Lord, I'm getting excited. I better calm down. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, help me, Holy Ghost. Uh, whenever I first got into the church in my first, my first two weeks when I got into the church, I remember when I started coming to church, I was like, man, this church is good. The preaching is good. I feel the power of God. I know God's speaking. But I'm one of those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm just an I'm just a thinker, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to commit to something that I haven't investigated. So, so I went back to the library at the college, and I started getting book after book after book, and I started doing an extensive research on oneness Pentecostalism. And after studying oneness Pentecostalism for a week, and I was just trying to find a shink in the armor. I was trying to find a, a, a way not to commit. And after looking at it front and back, I. I said, you know what? The only way for me to disagree with oneness Pentecostalism is I'd have to disagree with the word of God. And I'm not going to disagree with the word of God, so I'm just going to sell out. Because I realize, hold on, what they have cannot be defeated. And I'm going to tie myself into something that cannot be destroyed by the test of time. <laughs> Amen. 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 And so anybody ever tries to bring up something, I'm like, I already investigated that my first two weeks in church. It's already settled. I said, I'm in this for a lifetime. Come on, you got to get settled in this. I'm in this for the rest of my life. The church is the best place to be. It's the only thing that's indestructible. Come on, countries may fall. Come on, kingdoms may fall. But the word of God shall stand forever in the church. Amen. I wanted to show you, and, and, I, and I preached all that because I, I want to I get to the power of his name. I want to show you what, you gotta, what you're a part of. Oh, Lord, help me. I want to show you how, how, what you are a part of and how you can never, listen, never. Everybody say that, never. 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 Be defeated. I said never. never. I said never. You, you, never. <laughs> When you, when you got baptized in Jesus' name, that was for your salvation, but it was more than just for your salvation. It was you got in an eternal covenant with God. Ooh. And, and affliction has a way of showing you, and adversity has a way of showing you the parts of the covenant that you didn't know was there. It starts showing you the little hidden treasures. Ooh, Lord. Let's go to Ezekiel 36. And I, I preached all that to, to preach this, and, I, and I'm going to get out of your way. God's about to do something special here, but I, I want to get into this. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. 
in verse 20. Listen to this. Wow. The word of God is something else. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 20. This Bible, look, y'all, this Bible is something else. I'll tell you what. Uh, look, how, look how amazing your God is. Are you ready for this? Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 20. It says, it's speaking whenever they were in Babylonian captivity. Listen to this. And when they entered unto the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. God says, look, everywhere they went in their captivity and among the heathen, they keep profaning my holy name. When they said to them, look, these are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of his land. Verse 21, listen to this. But I had pity for mine holy name. Look what he said. Look, I didn't even pity the people. I pitied my name which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen whither they went. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake. He said, I'm going to work a miracle even though you're not right. I'm going to do a miracle in your life even though you have mistakes and failures and flaws because it's not about you. You have my name and I will do whatever it takes to protect my name. He said, you know what? They're not doing right. They're not doing the best, but I'm not going to let the devil come and destroy them because they have my name upon them. And even though they may be walking in unbelief even now, they've got my name on them and I will do whatever it takes to protect my name. I will do whatever it takes to defend my name so they may be hurting and they don't have the faith to be healed. I'm going to heal them because they have my name. Oh, God. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel worthy to get a miracle. They feel like they did too much, messed up too much. He said, I'm not going to let the devil sit around and just afflict them and do what they want with them because they're in some weak moments. Oh, no. They put my name on them. And when I see my them being persecuted, I see my name being persecuted. And although they might not have the faith right now, they have my name. So I'm about to do something on their behalf because I will pull my name out of the muck and the buyer. I will pull my name. Oh, somebody clap if you believe that. Come on, somebody shout if you believe that. Come on, I wish somebody would clap their hands with everything in them. And I wish you would lift up your voice to the rock of your salvation. Hey! One of, one of the greatest one of the greatest things that people don't understand about God. People like to say that God can't do anything without faith. It's not true. You can't do anything without faith.
Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God. And so you can't do anything without faith. You can't please him without faith. But I wanted to remind you that God created the world without faith. No man's faith was around when he stretched forth the heavens. Are you getting it? No, no man's faith was around when he made the earth. He, are you getting it? What I'm trying to show you is, is that faith gives you access to him, but faith is not his only access to you. Why? Because before he formed you in the belly, he knew you. Before you ever confessed his name, he knew you. Before you ever got baptized in his name, he knew you. And he was reaching for you long before you ever believed in him. So, so, so I want to tell you, God, God has a, God has a crazy streak in him. You ever know somebody to just have a crazy streak? Anybody sitting next to something? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. God has, man, he got so mad at those Pharisees on the Sabbath day, they were mad because this man had a withered hand. And, and the Bible says Jesus was angry. He said, is it not well to do good on the Sabbath day? He was angry and he healed them. Healed the man with the withered hand in his anger. Sometimes God gets ang so angry at the enemy, he'll just start healing people. Y'all not hearing me. You're not hearing me yet. Y'all not hearing me yet. Ooh, that's what Moses said. Moses knew what would get God's attention. God said, look, I'm going to wipe them out, Moses. Moses said, look, if you do that, your enemies are going to say that you weren't able to deliver them. God said, well, I'm going to deliver them then because I'm not going to let the enemy put my name in the mud. Here it is. God will just start doing stuff for you because the enemy thinks he has you. I'm about to help somebody. There, let me tell you, something's about, to, something's about to explode in this place, okay? I was in a church service. Oh, help me. I was in a church service several years ago, and I preached a message, and the Lord told me to talk about miracles. So I'm preaching an entire message of miracles, and nobody in the building believed what I was saying. People were looking at me like. I looked on the platform. The ministers were looking at me like I was lying. I was like, my God. I'm like, I'm in a rough place right here, praise God. Nobody believed what I was saying. There was doubt all over the place. Nobody believed me. They thought I was lying. I'm not being serious. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, Victor... If they do not believe me, I will show them. He said, because you're putting my name on the line. And I'm not going to let you keep talking about my name and they act like I'm not capable. So even though there's doubt everywhere, I'm still going to do miracles because I will protect my name.
I began to pray. I began to pray for people. Just silence in the auditorium. Just started praying for people. God started opening up blinding eye, blinded eyes. A deaf ears started coming unstopped. The pastor's wife, she had a deaf ear in her left ear for 20 years. We prayed for her. God opened up that deaf ear right there. And in the place filled with doubt, and a place filled with unbelief, God said, I will do whatever I gotta do to protect my name because I had pity on my my holy name's sake. I want everybody to stand with me and clap your hands to the Lord for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost. You know what the Lord said? The Lord said there's people that have been getting fought so much this year. Attack after attack, failure after failure, and the devil thinks that he has you and your family. And the devil thinks he's backing you into a corner. You almost begun to believe him because you haven't had as much faith as you would have liked to this year. But God said... You have my name. You're in covenant with my name. And I'm going to work on your behalf. Because I'm not going to let my name be subject to that type of attack. You've been fighting sickness in your body. I come to tell you, the rock won't stand for it anymore. The name won't stand for it anymore. I said, the name won't stand for it anymore. You've been holding on. You've been holding on to life by a thread. You've been holding on to hope by a thread. You thought God was just going to sit back and watch you fail, watch you almost backslide. He goes, no, I'm about to do something on your behalf that's going to make the devil begin to tremble. I'm about to do something on your behalf. I want you to lift up your hands where you are right now. I feel that revelation sinking in. I want you to get that revelation and understanding. Lift up those hands and close your eyes. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you don't know what to say, just say, Jesus, I need you. If you don't know what to say, just say, Jesus, I want you. If you don't know what to say, just say his name. His name is getting is going to get his undivided attention. His name is going to pull his presence down from heaven. His name is about to work. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have a sickness or a pain in your body, if you have a sickness or a pain in your body, I want you to make your way to the front right now. God's about to heal some folks in here. 
God, there's about to be miracles all across this house. If you have a sickness or a pain in your body, just step out and move up front. God's about to heal. God's about to heal a bunch of people in this place. Look at all these needs. God's about to heal some folk. God's about to turn some lives around. God's about to lift depression off of some folk. God's about to heal somebody's limbs. God's about to take cancer out of here. God's about to heal people of diabetes. God's about to heal people that have been in God is about to heal. He's about to heal. He's about to heal. Oh! Come on. Those that have a sickness or a pain in your body, that's it. Move in. Healing is about to move all across this house. I feel the power of God in this building. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody lift up their voice for a moment. I feel something beginning to flow. Shalabahate. Hikolohosa. Something's beginning to move in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to lift up your hands across this house. Everyone from the front to the back, lift up those hands. I want you to hear some instructions for a moment. For those of you that have a sickness or a pain in your body, I am about to pray over you. I am about to speak the name of Jesus over you. And when I speak the name of Jesus over you, you're going to... Begin, I want you to begin to see yourself being made whole. If you've had a limb in your body that's been hurting, I want you to see yourself lifting it up without pain. If you've had pain in your legs or in your back that you've had for years and decades, I want you to see God making your back, your spine, your legs made whole and you walking out of here without any pain. If you've had a terrible diagnosis, I want you to see that diagnosis disappearing and you living your life without that condition. God is about to make you whole this morning. I said God's about to make you whole this morning for his name's sake. Not because you're perfect. Not because you have it all together. For his name's sake, he's about to do it. Because of his unconditional love for you, he's about to do it. 
I'm going to pray over you. And when I'm done, I'm going to shout to the top of my lungs, hallelujah, a shout of triumph. Everyone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout it louder. Let me tell you what's about to happen. Hear me as a man of God. When I pray over you and I'm done and I shout hallelujah, I want everyone from the front to the back to shout hallelujah. And when you shout hallelujah, you're going to feel the pain immediately begin to leave your body. You're going to feel a warmth on you. You're going to feel a coolness. You're going to feel joy. You're going to feel limbs begin to straighten back together. When you shout hallelujah, everything's about to change. Lift up those hands one more time. When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout it. See yourself being healed. For believers out there that believe that God is going to heal, when they shout hallelujah, you can come and lay your hands on somebody's back. God is about to start healing folks in this place. Lift up those hands where you are. Lord Jesus, by the authority that is in the word of God and by the power that is in the name Jesus Christ, I command everybody in this building to be healed right now. I release the gift of faith. I release the working of miracles. I command their backs to be healed. I command their legs to be made whole. I command deaf ears to open. I command blinded eyes to open. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.